interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. What is happening? Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Ward. I am your host. I am uh, excited to bring to you a all-new episode tonight. Week 3 Victory React and Analysis show as your Cleveland Browns uh, get back on the right track with a uh, win over the Steelers um, at home. Lots to dissect to talk about, which we'll do throughout the week here. But today we have like, we're gonna have a guest on, and we're uh, efforting him. We'll have him here in a couple minutes. Uh, Chris Easterling of the Akron Beacon Journal, Browns beat reporter, excellent guest, will be joining us uh, to talk about some of the things from the game. Stefanski, brilliant, play calling, fantastic. Uh, Brissett play at this point is allowing him to be fantastic i mean he is playing uh over his head a bit um and that's great how long can he sustain this level of play i don't know i am been blown away by him so far so i have no complaints he was terrific um especially uh, if you look at the njoku play uh in the end zone uh, he looks off the coverage, throws a high ball only Njoku can get to. It's a missile in there. Uh, he even threw one so hard in the second half that Cooper couldn't handle it. Uh, so Brissett firing the ball around the field. Uh, fantastic from him. Uh, real quickly, just some numbers as far as that stuff goes. Uh, as the Browns showed out offensively, uh, really for the third week in a row, Brissett with a 92.5 PFF grade versus the Steelers. The highest grade so far for a player in the NFL in a single game this season. Wow. Remarkable. Uh, Brissett, the highest PFF grade uh, for a single game so far of any player in the NFL this season on offense. Pardon me, offensively. Uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Njoku, um, fantastic. Both your second one-two punch. Uh, if you look at Njoku, uh, 89.6 PFF, third highest single game grade of his career, uh, 57 of 89 yards uh, came after the catch. So doing a lot of uh, yak there from Njoku. Uh, and then, of course, Chubb and Hunt, which were fantastic. And once again, Stefanski, not just the wide zone. In, uh, deploying za uh, gap schemes as well, being very multiple in the run game. And even Tomlin said it after the game. It was and, and the, it was refreshing to hear in the press conference, honestly. Tomlin was like, hey, you know, they beat us at the line of scrimmage, and uh, that's that. So, uh, you know, when we lose the game, we knew if they got Chubb going, we were in trouble. Chubb goes for uh, 23 carries, 113 yards, 102 of his 113 yards after contact. Incredible. Remarkable stuff. Uh, defensively, there are some things to clean up still. A rough first half. Um, I want to show... Mikey, can we get the a couple graphics uh, going, my guy? Uh, as we will try to do this here. Um, but I wanted to show uh, a couple grades 
that were a little bit uh, worrisome for me. One was Denzel Ward with the uh, the lowest. I want to say it's uh, like a. I think he graded out, and I will double check this here. At like a two. I mean, it was really, really low. And um, he had a much better second half, but really got beat. Um, here, we'll just take a look at this real quick. And then we're going to bring Chris in uh, and talk about this game. But let me blow that up for us. Um, I wanted to just look at this for one second with you. Uh, let's see. Sure. Let's see if Mikey can get this. All right. So real quickly, this is the uh, Browns grades per, as a team here. And if you look at, uh, oh, I went too far. Um, the coverage grades. Hope you can see that at home. But the uh, coverage grade uh, at a 58.7, tackling at a 35.9, and run defense at a 29.9. Not so much worried about that as, you know, obviously the Steelers very quick to uh, give up on the run. They've been trailing. You know, you noticed when they were in a neutral game script, they continued to run the ball with Najee in the first half and had some success doing so, but really abandoned it as they got down in the game. But this coverage grade is concerning, 58.7, um, 61 against the Jets, 58.4 against the Panthers. We'll talk about that throughout the week, but one another one of those grades is that Denzel Wards, I believe, was super low. Uh, it was like in the 20s, I want to say. Um, I mean, really bad uh, coverage grade and overall grade uh, for the week. Let's bring in our guest tonight. Uh, his name is Chris Easterling. He is fantastic. He does fantastic work over at the Akron Beacon Journal. He is the Browns beat reporter there. What's up, Chris? How you doing, brother? Not too bad, Brad. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, just talking about a little bit of the aftermath of this game here. Browns get a uh, big win. I was looking at some uh, PFF grades. Week three, good positive grades here. Brissett, 92.5. Njoku, 89.6. Garrett, 81.2. And they did a good job with him. Uh, Wyatt Teller, 80.2, and Chubb, 76.9. The offense, I thought, and we'll start on the offense and we'll get to the defense, but Chris, I thought the offense uh, was fantastic again. Brissett playing over his head. I don't know how long you think he can maintain this level of play, but it's fantastic. He has the highest single game PFF grade uh, for an offensive player so far this season, just two, three weeks in, but still impressive. Um, making difficult throws, making good throws, nothing really in the danger of being intercepted, really. Uh, Stefanski, in my opinion, dialing up a, a play-calling clinic here so far this year. What do you think yeah. of the offense? Yeah. You know, I think the last two games especially, I think this is what they want this offense to be, at least as long as as Jacoby is starting. And you're starting to see why they like Jacoby. Why Jacoby was the guy they signed right, like literally the day after you know they signed, you know they traded for Deshaun, because I think if they can run the football like they have the last really the, the whole season so far, yeah, and you know he can just he's avoided the big mistake. Whether I, I know the last couple of games he's gotten sacked, uh, you know, a couple times, but but still he. You know, the only turnover he's had was one. I mean, look, they're they're trying desperately to get down the field and and set up a a game winner. You know, 
those happen. You know, it, it happens. But he's he's been smart with where he's delivered the football. And this, you saw Joku get involved, which I, I mean, we dominant. Know, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. In the first half, David and Joku probably saved them. Yeah, because you know, Amari has, and Amari admitted it. The, you know, he had the the brain cramp there on on stepping out of bounds on the on the deep deep throw there that got called back, and then Joku comes right back the next play and saves him with yeah. a big gain. I mean. He got that 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 drive started that almost got him points there before half and and, and then you know this Brissett Cooper connection. Great. I, I mean, you just sense the comfort level they have with each other. And hey, you know defenses aren't going at some point. Defenses are going to adjust. You know, do something. You would imagine to try to take you know more take Amari away more, but at the same time. Give them credit for taking what they're getting and, and turning it into. We thought the defense was going to carry this team through. <laughs> I know, right? And it's been the offense, and it's been Jacoby Brissett. I mean, look, he's not going out and doing Patrick Mahomes things, but you didn't no. need him to be Patrick Mahomes. You just needed him to be a really competent NFL quarterback, and he's been more than that. He's made winning plays. The that throw, I went. You know, I have something coming tomorrow about the Cooper Brissett th- uh, connection, and I went back and I watched that throw on third down in the the second half, the thirty two yarder. Yeah, and it's Thanks. just a master class of one Cooper spinning Cam Sutton around in his break, and then getting open, and you know Brissett putting it right where Amari can make the play and make some more yardage and. You know, heck, the slant was a perfectly you know the the slant for a touchdown was a was a thing of beauty because you know he again he he runs Terrell Edmonds off and then busts it inside and you know Jacoby gets in the ball perfectly before you know the guy that I think we all thought coming into the game we were worried about Minka Fitzpatrick you know. They didn't yep. give Minky Fitzpatrick a chance to, to do anything on the football because the ball was perfectly timed, perfectly placed, and, and 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 they turned that into a touchdown. Yeah, they stayed away from Minka nicely throughout the game. Uh, really didn't give him any opportunities to be the ball hawk that he is. It's interesting with Cooper, their connection, and I'll be interested to read your piece, and everybody watching, please go read uh, Chris's piece tomorrow on the Cooper Brissett connection at the Beacon Journal. But... Um, it's like, okay, so if he's making a read, and a lot of the stuff that he's doing, he's not, like, uh, master-classing, like, reading defenses, but he's doing a good enough job to see where he has an advantage. And what he's, I think what he's able to do is see, hey, if Cooper's in this position, I don't care. I can look at him. I know he can win this one-on-one, or he's going to have leverage on, on the right, on the, you know, the field side or whatever. And he's looking there, and he knows he's going to be able to get open because he's such a terrific route runner, and we've seen that. I mean, if you go through Cooper's clips in this game, I mean, he is shaking people with his routes. He's terrific uh, and uh, such such a dependable uh, uh, guide for Brissett to throw to a guy that he can go to when he's you know when all else fails he can look at him and, and you know fire one in there. So well, uh, I mean, go go to the, the he had a stretch where he completed thirteen of fourteen there between the second and third quarters, and the one incompletion was that fourth down throw to 
Cooper that was overturned. Yeah, you know because the ball did you know the ball did kind of jostle out and the jump the jump pass the jump pass you know he's got yeah. Spillane right in his face as he's throwing it and it's a trust that I know Cooper is Amari is going to be there. I'll get it to him and and Amari made a you know a good play on it. It's just you know sometimes yeah. just you know the ball pops out and you know. Yeah. You know, you can't re- – I mean, no fault either of Amari or Jacoby or anything. It's just, you know, one of those things. But you just see the trust that's there. And, and you know, you knew that was going to be the case, that Amari was going to be a guy they were going to lean on because of the receiving core questions. But that it's not just – he's been able to rely on them. That they've been able to thrive with that has it, been spectacular so far. Yeah, it's incredibly refreshing, refreshing Chris, because you – We've had such good wide receivers here, but none of them have ever really been. I mean, the statistic alone, 200-yard games in a row, first time since Josh Gordon, that's crazy. We went a whole Baker Mayfield four years without 100 yards from two consecutive (laughs) games. That's insane. Uh, All right. So I wanted to ask you about this as far as before we move to the run game real quick on the offensive side. Uh, Felton out. Uh, and, and we kind of called this on the show a little bit. We were like, you know, they may bring Chester Rogers in and have him yeah. start taking punts. Okay, that makes sense. And this was a game that probably Felton would have been used less in anyways. I'm not saying he's completely out of the conversation. Maybe if they need him more in the past game or somebody else. But it certainly seemed like they went from wide receiver three by committee to David Bell is your wide receiver three, at least snap count wise in this game. David Bell took most of those snaps. Well, I, I think that's just David Bell's development. I mean, okay, I, I think, I think that in, in I think that was always the hope because I mean that's why yeah. you take him in the third round. That's why you know there was I mean so I mean let's go back to June when minicamp ended and all the the positivity and the hype that was coming around the. The way David Bell was looking, now granted it wasn't real football, it was running around in t-shirt and shorts, but sure. at the same time, there was a lot of hope that that's what he could become is that guy that you could count on, you know, at least be you be you that that third, that number that solid number three, because you know, Anthony Schwartz is Anthony Schwartz. You know, right. he's a great kid. I had a great conversation with him. The week of the Jets leading into the Jets game, uh, you know, he, he's a great kid. He's just, I think he's just incredibly raw. I, you know, just, but David Bell is such a much more further along product as a receiver, yeah. even just coming into the league. That, you know, I think they always hope that if he could just, you know, we can get him up to NFL speed, we can we can really make him into uh, a piece of this offense that we can at least count on as. As what he's become, that number three guy, and I think that you know he got off this slow start to create training camp with the you know going on the pup list with that foot. I yep. think he's uh, you know is catching up a little bit, no pun intended. But uh, <laughs> but you know I, I'm excited to see what he you know because you didn't really see him in the Carolina game, and and you know yeah you saw him I think a couple of times against the Jets, but you know that was a big catch he had there that you know put him in he that was. short so. You know, I, I think as they get more comfortable, you know, and again, as defenses adjust, you know, I mean, defenses aren't just going to give Amari Cooper all this space. I mean, granted, Amari's creating a lot of it himself, but, yeah, you know, you imagine they're going to do something schematically to try to take him away, even 
as soon as you know next week against Atlanta. But uh, you know, it's it's good to see David Bell starting to get his legs underneath him as as an NFL receiver. Yeah, and just even and get that snap share and give him those opportunities because he did. You know, he was open a few times. At least in the rewatch, you see, I at least saw a few times where he was open and maybe, you know, Brissett went someplace else. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's getting some separation for sure, um, which is good to see. I want to ask you this question uh, about the run game. Nick Chubb right now, the way he's running, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is this the best we'll ever see Nick Chubb, I guess is the best way to phrase it. Is this his prime, prime? I mean, he looks so light at 230 pounds. That jump cut in the hole, um, ridiculous for a guy his size. He's carrying people. He looks stronger, faster, better than he's ever looked. Uh, guys bouncing off of him. Is this Nick Chubb's prime? Is this the best we'll ever see Nick Chubb, you think? I think it's going to be close. Got to be close to it, you know. And that's not to say, you know, there's not a chance that there's another level. But you know, he's been in the league what now? This is his fifth year, I believe. I'm trying to count back. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's running backs take a beating. You know, there's a wear and tear on them, and and it seems like the thing I really like it. How many times have we heard Browns fans? complain over the last few years give him the ball just feed chubb you know yep and they're feeding chubb but i think yep. they're doing it the right way I, you know you're, you're noticing they're they're giving kareem series and you know that they're, they're I, I think he's doing a nice job with the two backs he really of, is of of managing the the usage so that when you get to again the start has been great, but the meat of the schedule is fast approaching, and they're going to need Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both to to really, you know, grind out some yards, grind out some clock to help this team, you know, if it wants to to maintain some level of of success, you know, when they hit that stretch in October and, and November, though. So I, I love what I see. I mean. It's once a game he's hurtling somebody, you know, he's, he's making defenders look stupid. You know, there's a chance he might have had a, a, you know, what, a 50-yard touchdown run if, uh, you know, DPJ didn't have the touchdown-saving tackle, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> down the field there. I mean, it's just it, – it, you're never – you say, well, that's as good as Nick Chubb can look, and then you're – Nick Chubb goes out and looks even better. And, and so, looks better, yeah. yeah that's why I hesitate say. to say this is this the best, but we'll see of him. But you know, it certainly is very good. And and it's again, for all the angst about, you know, obviously the the secondary, in a lot of ways, the other things that this team needed to do to weather to weather all of this, this the first eleven games. They're doing it. You know, they're yeah. getting good good quarterback play. That offensive line, now that the Jacks come back and, you know, that that offensive line is looking the part of one of the best in the league and and the running game is, is the best in the league. You know, there may be other singular backs. You know, I know Saquon Barkley's, you know, look good and everything, but there's no running game. Like, yeah. 
scheme running game that I think is as good as the Browns right now. And they, they just need to, they need that to continue to, because they, they're going to need it here soon. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's just crazy. Like to think about, you know, when you're watching, I'm like, I'm going, this is, I mean, this has got to be prime chub, right? But you're saying you're right though. You never, I mean, we probably thought that before, but I'm just looking at him. Like, I don't, I can't really see how he could get much better at this point. Um, so really incredible stuff there. Couple questions still looming, special teams wise. Kind of had a rough night. A blocked punt, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, onside kick again was was tra- problematic, right? Like, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you've got uh, your returner, uh, and his name is escaping me now. And I know he's Jerome been- Ford. Jerome Ford running uh, three yards uh, deep in the end zone, which probably should be hammered home at this point. Right. Like, come on, guy. Um, and uh, so all of those things, uh, 12 men on the field on a uh, on a field goal where very easily lots of those situations give somebody a first down. They're lucky that they're still a yard short and they go out and kick it again. But uh, and they had 12 men on the field on defense one time. Stefanski visibly upset uh, on the sidelines, and he doesn't show that very often. But you know, if you read his mouth, he was like, "You got to be effing kidding yeah. me, right?" He's like, "Come on, man, this is." And uh, so, thoughts on special teams? Um, why are they having such a hard time with the onside kicks? Like, I went back and we looked at the Jets one pretty hard on on this podcast, and and looked at the the film of it and. I mean, the guy across from Cooper in the Jets game had a free run at him. Nobody touched him. Nobody blocked him. The alignment was all messed up. They had two guys deep. Uh, They have a guy over the ball. So they're electing to try to, like, kind of plug other holes in, like, in the (laughs) onside kick. But they're leaving, like, the, the, the fundamental basics of getting a body on somebody in front of the guy that's recovering the ball open a little bit yeah uh, at least during the jets game they did and this one it was they looked like they were lined a little bit better but still problematic thoughts on this well i you know it's obviously something that there, there, there's just no excuse at this point you know right yeah now to be fair to uh, to a certain point to be fair on this one when you have an onside kick five days at four days after you you know you had it you didn't really get an opportunity to get on the field between the Jets game and and the Steeler game because they had a light walkthrough, I would imagine, on Monday. Sure. And then Tuesday was probably a similar walkthrough style practice. My guess is when they get him back on Monday and start getting back, you know, into the groove of uh, of of getting ready for Atlanta, my guess is my, it better be that it's something they they address. But you know, you look at that that kick by Boswell. I think it was Boswell. It might have been um, on the on the the onside kick the Steelers executed. You kind of perfectly placed it. You know, they did yeah. a nice job of kind of layering it over DPJ's head. I think it was DPJ who was coming back to try to. And then kind of in that little no man's land that you have there between the front and the, the next line of uh, people on the hands team. But but give them credit. They knocked the ball out of bounds. And and so it, it didn't hurt them. You know, if nothing else, baby steps on this regard. 
Yeah. But the special yeah. teams as a whole, yeah, and it's left a lot to be wanting. That said, I, I want to say Borges came up with an absolutely huge punt. He did. That last punt was perfectly placed. You know, I think I think he's been a net positive by he and large. Been. And, um, you know, I know people are going to say, well, Cade York missed another extra point. That win, the wind of that end of the stadium, if you saw in the first half at least, was, I mean, it was difficult for both kickers because Boswell missed the, I mean, it was a long one, but he missed a 50-yarder. That Did was, you, you see know, his face after the field goal or the one he missed? His yeah. face was like, he turned around like he was just absolutely shocked because it was, I mean, he hit it dead center in the wind, literally just pushed, pushed it, it over. Right and off. I, I yeah. wonder, you know, I got a feeling that, you know, again, and Cade, that was probably, that was Cade's first real experience kicking in. In the wind. Cleveland weather, you know, in, in real Cleveland fall weather. So, yeah, you know, all of this the process, yeah. you know, you know, I think outside maybe Justin Tucker misses kicks. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I I mean maybe he does, but I, I I'm at the, I know he has those two missed extra points, but you know, I thought York was good on, on Thursday coming off of what happened because he went out and he just nailed that thirty four yarder that they needed to get points to take the lead there in the second half. So but the, but the special teams, I mean, this was, you know, when Jakeem Grant went down, the return game was going to be an issue. Yeah. And, and you've seen it. And, you know, I, I think they're sort of doing it by patchwork, you know, as much as they can to, to, to fill those spots. But, but fun, some of the fundamental things are definitely, I mean, this has been an issue all three years of Stefanski's time here in Cleveland. Special teams have been a problem. And, there's one yeah. constant, and, and you know, Mike Prefer has to get this thing. You know, everybody's been talking about Joe Woods. To me, Mike's got to get this stuff at some point figured out. You know, Joe Woods at least last year figured out some of the things that they were doing wrong early in the season, and that defense got better. We're still seeing some of the same things three, two and a half years into you know. Mike Prefer as a special teams coordinator that he needs to fix and, and needs to get fixed now because we already seen it cost you one game and it could cost you other games down the road. 100%. Uh, you're absolutely right there. You're watching All Eyes on Cleveland or listening to All Eyes on Cleveland, uh, where all popular podcasts are found, with uh, special guest Chris Easterling of the Akron Beacon Journal. Uh, doing a week three victory react and analysis show tonight. Um, Want to move to the defensive side of the ball as we transition there through offense and special teams. Um, not long, to, not a lot of time to adjust to all the the stuff that they had to deal with here this week under heavy fire. I thought that there, I you know I did a couple shows last week which are pretty hard on on this defense where I felt like not even on their play on the field, which was inexcusable at the end of that Jets game, but their reaction in the press, uh, I felt was, you know, the pointing of fingers between Ward and Delpit and, and all of that stuff I thought was very uh, un-Stefanski-like, uh, as at least so far in his regime. They've been pretty buttoned up about that stuff in the press, mm -hmm. for the most part, with few exceptions. Right. Um, and uh, so I guess they... 
uh, huddled differently, this adjustment. So they huddled differently uh, to help with communications, and they had to make an adjustment here because Denzel Ward was following or traveling with um, Deontay Johnson. Deontay I, I, Johnson. Uh, they played more man-to-man than they had in previous weeks. Now, I don't really think this is a man-zone issue as much for me because either way, you have to be able to communicate. But right. it's good to see because you have some guys that are, are good man corners, generally speaking. Um, so a nice adjustment there. Um, first half was a little rough. Uh, they moved the ball better than I thought the Steelers would, and Trubisky looked better. But they seemed to... Uh, make some adjustments and, and tie things down in the second half. What did you think of the the defense? And like I was talking about it right when you were coming on, um, Denzel Ward was shockingly low PFF grade of like twenty something overall mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, well, thoughts seemed, on all this stuff? Yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, it seemed like I mean Deontay. He was sort of locked up on Deontay. Let me pull up. I've got the stats over here next to me. It, well, I mean, Deontay Johnson was their highest receiver, targeted 11 times, caught eight for 84. Yeah. So that, you know, that makes sense then that, you know, if you're strictly assigned to the guy who's making Target. all the catches, you're going to, yeah. you know, your, your number is going to be a little lower. And, but, um, you know, I, I thought the huddling was something interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that was good. Hey, if you've got to go back to basics, we think because they're in the NFL that, you know, you can just, you know, I if you got to go back to basics, go back to the basics, huddle up, make sure everybody knows what the call is. And, you know, I noticed a lot. I, I made a point to a couple of people sitting around me in the press box. It's like we were talking and you could notice hands, you know, everybody's hands were moving, you know, yeah. people were. They were communicating, you, you know, they, they were making a point that it was obvious they were communicating, Yeah, which it's a good step, you know, especially on, again, on a short week where that, where, you know, heck, you, you had a, a full week between the first and second games working communication and it didn't work. So to get it done in basically one practice is a good sign, you know, and, and I, I know there were some that were like, well, it's a, the concerning about the players only meeting. And I'm like, no, communicate, get this out in the open now before you, you know, before it really bites you. And, you know, they made the Steelers made some plays. The thing I was more concerned about in the first half, especially was the way they were pushing them around up front. Sure. You know, that drive that they took the 14, 13 lead on, they made. I mean, they just shoved them back the the Browns backwards on on the defensive line. Yeah. So it was good to see them shore shore that up a little bit. And I mean, because Najee Harris was not a a real factor in the second half. And look, the Pickens catch. <laughs> the Pickens catch is one of those. You, I thought I I talked to Emerson. You know, after the game, I just kind of went up to him and chatted him up because he's a terrific young kid i mean just, yeah and so I, I just say hey i mean i know you faced him before in college yeah yeah i mean is that one of those where you just sort of go i mean well, can, what can you do when the guy i mean you're perfectly placed and he makes you know he makes a highlight real grab and he sort of shrugged and you know db is never going to be completely willing to, to give yeah. any you know give credit or or give yeah. praise, but but you know he's like, look, he's a great player. He made a great play, and 
and, and you, you just sort of tip your hat on that one. And sometimes you just make plays and yeah, I thought that um, it was interesting, and I kind of the same thing last week for the Steelers. But Najee, I mean Najee Harris, they were moving the ball on the ground when the game was you know neutral. And as soon as the Browns kind of got back and got the lead, they abandoned it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so that was that was sort of you know take nothing away from Mitch Trubisky. You know, I don't mean anything ill of of the Northeast Ohio yeah. kid, but you know. Your running game is getting you yardage. You yeah. know, roll with it. Take some pressure off of Mitch. You yeah. know, I thought, I thought, you know, he did some. He did a good job of avoiding the pressure, by and large. Trubisky did, and again, it's it's easier when it's a rookie opposite Miles Garrett than when it's Jadavian Clowney. Yep. To to avoid that, but um, you know. The, the the defense made plays when they needed to. The second half was a maybe halftime is the moment of the steel game is the moment where we start to see this defense climb back, uh, climb back to respectability. You know, okay. because but uh, they're gonna have to do it with you know beat they're beat up. I mean that is a beat they up group right now. But you know you know from everything I've been told, JOK's injury is nothing long term. It doesn't seem like it's a long-term concern. Do we have like a time on that, or is it probably TV, not? My TV? guess is, if I had to guess, and this is just a strictly an, an educated guess, it would be that I bet you he doesn't practice much this week. Yeah, and maybe it's sort of a game time thing in Atlanta with him because. Yeah. If you're going to give him a game off, I would give him this one off, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it makes sense to be cautious here. I you know, if, if there's a concern with Atlanta with JOK, it's you know maybe in coverage with what they do with Pitts, but other than that, I mean, you know, get through Atlanta and and make sure he's healthy for when you need him. You know, against offenses like the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, schedule gets much harder after uh, week four here as we move forward for the Browns. They get some real tests here, especially the final three as I was looking at the schedule. Just look absolutely brutal right before Watson comes back. So I mean, I think- it, it, that whole stretch, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious. You go Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, yeah. Bengals, yeah. Dolphins, Bills, Buccaneers. Dolphins, Bills, Buccaneers looks brutal right now. Well, I think, I mean, All I'm curious. That Cincinnati game, you know, they play Cincinnati well to begin with. Yeah. And you hope that Jadavian's back by that time. And you hope that the Cincinnati Bengals haven't figured out how to, you know, block, which apparently they haven't, you know, with a franchise quarterback, despite having the franchise quarterback. Yeah. You know, I – I like their chances against a Cincinnati because the pressure they get off of off with Garrett and you know they're creating some up the middle a little bit more and it I mean but that's a month down the road still yeah. but but you know how long is Clowney out again? Uh, we don't know for certain. Three to three to five they said I think. I, I something like that. I mean it, I wouldn't expect him back in Atlanta. I probably wouldn't even expect him back for the Chargers. I think the Patriots game is where you start to look. Yeah. yeah. Um, my concern here is that the Steelers did a terrific job with Miles Garrett. There's two things I want to uh, hit you with here, and then I'll uh, we'll get you out of here. Um, but uh, 
Miles Garrett, they did a great job against him. Totally neutralized him. The Steelers did. But the pass rush in general was not very effective. They weren't getting home with four at all throughout this game, which hasn't really been an issue up to this. I mean, second half of the Jets game in this game now, two games in a row where you've really not gotten much pressure with four guys up front. And you take Clowney, and that's been really since Clowney left the game, yeah. uh, that this has been an issue. So if you're Andrew Barry and you're like, you know, worst case scenario, we have to go five, six weeks here. Uh, do they look for another player, a veteran, or is this just something they're going to try to do in-house? Do you try to die? I mean, you I can try to dial up more pressure. Uh, you know, Joe Woods might have to get creative, but Alex Wright really got no pressure at all. And they did, and that enabled them to take Garrett out of the game as well. Well, I'm curious. I, I, I want, I think they want to see what I, you know, it's Alex Wright's first start, you know, not to make excuses for a rookie, but. Sure. You know, it's a rookie, you know, in his first start, you know, that I, I think he's a work in progress still. I mean, he was what, third, fourth rounder. I can't remember. Third rounder, third rounder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's, you know, that's not like first round talent. So, you know, there's a, there, there's some growth. He's acknowledged there's some growth because going from UAB to the NFL, um, you know, I thought Isaac. Ro- I, I kind of like some of the things I you know watching Isaac Rochelle a couple of times. Okay. You know, I can. Okay. I, I would imagine Rochelle. You know, because remember when when the initial cuts came on on cut down day, there was a lot of surprise made that Rochelle didn't make the team. And you know, I think this is his pathway into you know onto you know to to maybe a more permanent status, especially with Winovich out. So. Yeah, no, I think they look internally first because right? I think they like okay. some of those young guys they have at edge. I think they like Rochelle, even though he's been in the league for a while, you know, bouncing around on practice squads and stuff. But you know, I I, I think they stay in house and maybe do some schematic things. But they're going to have to find some way to to take some of the onus off of Miles because otherwise, you know, when you don't have to worry about somebody off the other side, then you can sort of you know, yeah. do things to, to negate the one guy that you do have to worry about. Yeah, they, they got to figure something out, whether it be dialing up some pressures or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that too much time to throw for Trubisky in this game. Uh, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about is, of course, the injuries. We know JOK is is to be determined, right? Um, and uh, this one, of course, is, is critical. Uh, as Anthony Walker is uh, out for the season, um, and uh, here's kind of uh, the the how this breaks down for the Browns. Uh, one of the leaders of the Browns' defense is it says here 113 tackles in 13 games last year, uh, but this year off to a really strong start. I mean, he was playing great football this yeah. year, uh, and to me, there was a noticeable difference even in the communication in the first few weeks when he was on the field and when. Uh, Jacob Phillips was on the field. I was kind of like, why are they still even rotating him in at the mic? You know, at this point, preseason's over, right? Like, let's go with the guy, Walker, who's playing really well. Either way, uh, now they don't have a choice. But um, off to a great start, earning an 82.7 PFF grade and a 90 in coverage. That was Walker. Uh, Phillips likely to take over as the starting inside linebacker, uh 
he recorded seven tackles and a sack in that game against the Steelers, but uh, has also had a huge pass breakup. You know, if great. They, I do. Breaks. I do not think they win that football game if 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 he doesn't get that pass breakup on the pass to Fryermuth because you know really yeah that was you know, a huge I, I play. Well, they, they you know they're at what the fifteen or so twelve. Yeah. I, I mean, somewhere around there when. Yeah. When 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 the the breakup happens, and if he doesn't make the play, Fryermuth probably gains some more on the on the catch, and you know the way they you know that was the only drive where really where Fryermuth was an issue. You know, was that drive because they hit him two or three times to to get down in that that spot. So give Phillips credit there, and look, this is his opportunity. But we've been waiting for him to you know you know to yeah. show something, and he's going to have to show something and. You know, I'll be curious. I think he's active, but he's maybe being in this spot knowing it's his spot, and maybe that's the thing that flips the switch and we really see kind of the Jacob Phillips they thought they were getting coming out of LSU. Yeah, um, really, uh, and, you know, listener, absolutely heartbreaking is right for what happened to Walker uh, there from network 216. Thanks for watching and commenting. Um, but yeah. And then, so the concerning part is, and even though Phillips, I thought played a very uh, impactful second half, I guess you could say, um, you know, the PFF grade of 55.3, he hasn't really been very consistent when he's been on the field. Although, as you said, you know, taking ownership over this role maybe makes the difference for him. He did make a huge play. He got the sack. He got the pass breakup. So some positive momentum going forward. You also saw Tony Fields come on the field. Uh, first play in on defense, maybe I think in his career. I don't know. Like literally, I think the he, I think he might have played a couple of defensive plays okay. prior last year. But no, I actually, no, I don't because I – I wrote this. I wrote. I, I talked to him, and he was literally the preseason was like he had been played linebacker in a game for a while. You know, going into the preseason, and he played. You know, he played a lot of snaps. If you remember, in the preseason, the, the one yes. snap he got against the Steelers was literally his first <laughs> defensive snap as an NFL football player. Yeah, amazing. Shoots the gap, makes a tackle for a loss, right? Uh, incredible play. Uh, so, I mean, maybe we see some more of him, Taki Taki, you know, who I think there's a kind of a misnomer here, but Taki Taki has been good in coverage throughout his career, despite being the guy that comes off the field when they go uh, lighter, right? Yeah. Um, and, and he, But he still has been a good coverage guy, so they have some options there without JOK if they have to go a week without him. You can see what Walker has. You can see what Taki Taki has. But really, it's all about, for me, it's all about Phillips. It's his time to shine. You invested a reasonably high draft pick in this guy. You think he's got a ton of upside. Uh, he has to take over, right? I mean, yes, it's his time to shine here. This It's his season. Uh, they're going to need a lot from him. Yeah, the, the, he's, he's the guy because this is, I mean, again, they look internally as as if, if you notice they look internally first for for answers and they're going to give you know Jacob Phillips every opportunity and and I mean Stavansky's just been talking him up multiple times you know yeah. when when he's when his name come up he talks a lot about Jacob Phillips and I think that's because they really want Jacob Phillips to be the answer and I think the hope is, hey, maybe that fourth quarter, maybe those last couple of drives where he made plays to, to help the defense, maybe that's 
that's the thing that kind of gets him started toward toward that 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 next level they're looking for from him. Yeah, he looks like he seems like he's a likable guy. The defense was really kind of pumped up when he made those plays, so that's cool. You know, I hope he takes ownership over this role. They're really going to need a lot from him, to be honest. Um, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time tonight. Here, I want to tell you we we are doing a giveaway, but I want to tell you we're going to send you a T-shirt. You can have your pick of one for coming on the show. Uh, but we've got some All Eyes on Cleveland t-shirts. I want to send one to you. You can send me your size off uh, the other one. I like this one. we got a couple more here. I'll show them to everybody. But, uh, you know, we'll uh, you can take a look. I'll send you the tweet, and we'll send you a t-shirt for coming on the show. Good man. Appreciate your time. Uh, go enjoy your Saturday night, Chris. Thank you so much, man. Hey, Brad, thanks for having me on. I always appreciate it. Yeah, we'll have you again soon, okay, man? All right. All right, thanks, Chris. Uh, go read Chris Easterling. He is the Browns beat reporter at the Akron Beacon Journal. Uh, awesome guest. Uh, I do want to talk about our giveaway real quickly. We are giving away T-shirts. Uh, the end of this week, we will give away the first two. We're going to give away five in total and probably more after that. But uh, all you need to do to enter is text the word EYES at the bottom, E-Y-E-Z, uh, as in all eyes on Cleveland, to 31032. We're giving away five shirts. You can pick which one you want uh, from our merch shop. It's right there, our show shirt, our show sh store, pardon me. Uh, all eyes on Cleveland Athletics shirt here. Uh, property of All Eyes on Cleveland Football. Uh, here's the orange. You can get them in different colors, different sizes, women's, men's, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that is uh, what we're doing right now. The My Way one is, uh, you know, we're, we team up with My Way Media for our merch. You can actually see, I'll show you in a second, I am actually wearing the black version of one now. But all you need to do is text that uh, E-Y-E-Z to... Uh, 31032. And also, when you do that, you'll be become a um, uh, member of our uh, text community uh, and can get involved in our, um, uh, you know, question and Q&A. Uh, we're going to send out some Q&A questions, poll questions, stuff like that through the text messaging. So uh, be a member of uh, our all eyes on Cleveland, te Cleveland text community and uh, get yourself a chance to win one of these uh, sick t-shirts. Um, they uh, show them again real quick here. Uh, boom, boom, boom. I like that one a lot. There's another one. I don't know where it went, Mikey. Come on, Mikey. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, cool stuff we're doing right now. Uh, so make sure you uh, check out the bottom here. Uh, scrolling, uh, Mikey has text uh, EYEZ to, e to 31032 uh, at the bottom. If you're on podcast and you can't see this, make sure you do it as well because you can get yourself a chance to win one of these T-shirts and you can pick your size, color, kids, women's, men's, whatever you want. There's multiple designs there, including one with our logo, these ones that recently came out. And uh, as I was mentioning, the My Way one, which there's a pink one on there, but you can see I have the uh, My Way one on now. It's pretty sick. It's got the uh, microphones, My Way. It's cool. My Way Media hooking up with us for the merch stuff. So uh, I like it. I love it. It's one of my favorite shirts. So, hey, listen, um, Chris Easterling from the Akron Beacon Journal, great job. Anthony Walker out is a killer. You know, in JOK maybe for a week, be be careful. They need him for the, the, the key part of the season here. So I, I would be cautious, cautious, cautious. Uh, cautionous, which I've said twice on the show, is not in the English, English language. So let's 
be clear about that. Uh, cautiously or cautious is a word. Cautionous, I don't believe is. So uh, that is on me. I apologize. Um, and uh, yeah, terrible right there. So, uh, Tony Fields, maybe he gets a little roll talky talky, going to be asked to step up maybe for a week or two as they get JOK back. But really, this Jacob Phillips thing is going to be a huge part of their defense moving forward. Um, also, as I mentioned with him, the pass rush, non existent. Um, is Alex Wright going to be able to step up? Do they give Rochelle more of a role? They're going to have to figure this out going forward because you're, they're not getting home with four and not getting home with four. Uh, for them and having Miles Garrett neutralized the way that he was against the Steelers is not okay and not going to be okay um, as as we move forward. They're going to need to um, have to find a way to either dial up some pressure from Joe Woods or get somebody else. I mean, I'm I mean, there's maybe they go out and check out uh, some guys that are available. Uh, maybe there's somebody on the trade block, but if you can't get any pressure from your front four, as we've seen for the last half, a game and a half now, since Clowney's been out, I mean, they've, they've done nothing in, with their front four as far as pressure goes. So uh, that has to change. That has to be a point of of attention and a point that they have to make something happen there. Um, and Chris said, you know, maybe Rochelle gets some chance. Uh, give him a shot. Give Isaiah Thomas a shot, right? Um, you know, big body, maybe a more a guy that's more ready for the NFL right now. I don't know. Keep giving Alex Wright shots, but something's got to give there. They can't be dependent upon, you know, bringing more than four in blitzes, especially in the way Joe Woods wants to play it to create pressures in this offense, especially against good defenses. I mean, good offenses that they're going to be facing. Uh, let's look real quick as we get out of here. The rest of the AFC North, I also, I didn't, for, totally forgot to mention this, but we do have an all eyes on Cleveland Discord now where you can get involved in the conversation uh, and, and chat it up with us. So make sure you uh, do that. Uh, and I'll put the link in the description below. If you're on podcast, you can go to uh, at Ward on Sports or at All Eyes on Clee on Twitter and check that out. You can also uh, see the giveaway information there as well. We're going to give away two T-shirts after tomorrow's games tomorrow night sometime. So we'll get those out um, to anybody that texts EYEZ to 31032 uh, from your mobile, your mobile phone. Um, and then, uh, finally here, uh, I wanted to look at the schedule this weekend. So it's great, right? When the Browns play on Thursday night football, Sunday, it's fantastic. No stress. Watch the rest of the league play. Get your, you know, degenerates, get your gambling going, you know, and you, you can kind of focus in on that. So all that good stuff here. Uh, but I'll leave you with these thoughts, um, AFC North. Well, first of all, AFC Buffalo at Miami in the one o'clock window is tremendous, right? Tremendous game. Really hope that Miami can test Buffalo. Uh, I was checking out some Buffalo stuff last night from Greg Thompson of Cover One. He is a friend of the show. Uh, they are like 
they are not they think they're just going to run right over Miami it appears to me that that Bills Mafia just thinks they are just walking right over Miami and uh, I find that intriguing to see how that goes uh, Indy looking at uh, what 0-3 right in the face with KC uh, coming to town and then if you look at uh, so is Tennessee as they get Las Vegas coming to town the Bengals get the Jets in New York and Baltimore at New England which I think I think Baltimore will win but it is intriguing at least to see because you never know uh, what uh, Belichick will dial up there uh, and see what they can do. Um, Green Bay at Tampa Bay in the 425 window. San Francisco at Denver. Uh, talk about a hot spe- hot seat in Denver there. And that tool, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, against San Francisco in the 820 window. I really don't like this guy. If you've see- not seen the uh, run pass on the sideline, a guy that wears his own jersey, he's very annoying to me. I'm just going to let you know it out there. I just think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Something's wrong with that guy. I mean, that is like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Uh, come on, guys. Run, pass, help him out. I mean, you cannot hear on an NFL sideline that is absolutely absurd. He's just an idiot. I don't know. He's not an idiot. I mean, he's a smart guy, but I mean, he's... He's just kind of a, he just rubs me the wrong way. I mean, who wears their own jersey, right? I don't know. This has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. We will be back. We are hammering out episodes on the daily uh, as much as we possibly can right now. So we will have uh, fantastic breakdowns and coverage all the way up until next week um, when the Browns uh, go to Atlanta and uh, face Marcus Mariota. Who do, who are they? Who do they play tomorrow? That's a good question. We can watch our opponent, maybe. Um, Mikey. Oh, Atlanta at Seattle in the 4:25 window. So they are in Seattle tomorrow. Uh, so you know how it goes. Uh, That's right. You start getting excited. Browns 2-1, first place. This is All Eyes on Cleveland. Great job, Chris Easterling from the Akron Beacon Journal, from Blue Wire Podcasts, from My Way Media, and the merch. For Mikey on the ones and twos, I am Brad Ward. And this has been an all-new edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. We are out.